0: All right, big stuff happening on the Robert Scabell Show today. We have for the first time scheduled Congressman Thomas Massey. We've got some massive news from Massey on uh, an agricultural, a uh, couple of agri- well, actually four agricultural amendments uh, for the appropriation bills associated with agriculture. Uh, food freedom, food security, you want to know? Thomas Massey's is going to join us. We might be also joined by Liz Reitzig. Uh, also, Michael is scheduled for the bottom of the hour. Uh, boy, there's so much to do. I don't even know what we're doing. I know it's going to be great, and there's a lot of it. <laughs> so let's get this healing party started right about now.
1: The Robert Scott the Bell, Robert Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. voice of health, freedom, and liberty, the Robert Scott Bell Show.
0: Could COVID death rates, as reported by hospitals, plummet when the money for those reports dries up? Wow. Uh, this is another big uh, article coming out uh, uh, revealing the, the scamdemic the deaths that were reported and or caused by the monetary incentive to make sure that they happened. Folks, it's, it's the wildest thing. I hope, I hope we have learned our lesson. I'm not sure we have yet as they're still planting seeds for more mask mandates. If they can get away for injection mandates in the coming fall season, double triple jab, whatever they can do for you. But the economic reality of all of these things is that modern medicine profits when you are sick degenerating and dying. And normally you'd say, well, they don't want you to die because then you, you can't pay your bill or there's no more to bill you on, except that the government incentivized COVID, uh, what we call them uh, diagnostics based on tests that have no standard. And then what we call the therapeutics that were not successful, except in terminating people or accelerating their demise. And then in fact, the deaths themselves, all of these things were incentivized monetarily uh, through the government, through government uh, uh, largesse, yes, if you will, with your money or what you think is your money or just the, the digitizing or printing of money out of thin air. This is the article as we open the today's Robert Scott Bell Show. And by the way, we've got uh, special guest representative Thomas Massey scheduled uh, momentarily as well to talk about an agricultural appropriations bill and some amendments, some successful, and two that we need to have some success on. So let will be called to action this hour. Stand by for that. But check out this article, CDC data, COVID deaths plummeted once federal money for hospitals ran out. Wow, that's interesting. What would the money have to do with uh, the deaths... Plummeting. I mean, you think more money, you'd have fewer deaths. But the more money they threw at hospitals for COVID, the more people died, or at least they reported more. After 178 billion dollars in CARES Act money for the provider relief fund dried up in January 2022, hospital coders no longer even had to list COVID as a a cause of death. Why would they? They weren't incentivized anymore. There's no money, no extra money for us. So why would we bother? The whole scam demic relied upon false tests. That resulted in false positives, false negatives, and everything in between. Because there was no valid standard for them anyway. And so they switched everything they could to COVID during the time where they had the monetary incentive to do so. And when it dried up, it's like, what's the point of giving a COVID diagnosis? We don't get anything extra for it at all. What does that tell you about uh, medical integrity, if there is any? Our allopathic medical system, the medical monopoly, is the primary bringer of death during COVID and those doctors who were even trained allopathically, who dared to speak out and say, Hey, these tests are faulty. The remdesivir is killing people. The injections are devastating and they're not helping. Those were the doctors that were then attacked in the crosshairs as if they were homeopaths and herbalists and chiropractors and naturopaths, all the folks that were right for decades, maybe even centuries. So don't tell me that money can't incentivize the corruption that ensues, and in this case, the COVID corruption that resulted in needless suffering and a lot of needless deaths.
1: I'm going to bring in. Uh, oh, Super Don, go ahead. I'm going to jump in real quick, and this yeah. this is something, dude. You know, if if I could wrap up what today has been like for both of us, yes, it, it would sound like this.
2: <laughs> that,
1: that that's that's what today has been like, but. You know, I, I was I was just had an inspiration here as you were talking about the you know the COVID deaths, stuff like that. I actually have a video clip, okay, that demonstrates uh, just exactly how the COVID deaths and the hospitals and the doctors handled COVID COVID deaths mm-hmm. uh, in in the first couple of years of the craziness. Check this out.
0: He's kind of been shot. He's been blown up. This is kind of a, like almost a South Park kind of cartoon-looking thing. Now he's falling off of a cliff into a volcano. <laughs> is this what you're feeling like? Our day has been like, or is this a? Oh my God. Are they gonna say he died of COVID?
3: Another poor soul lost to COVID-19. Yeah. Mm, yes, COVID. Mm. Mm. Yes, COVID. Mm. Yeah, COVID. 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 Yep, Th- that was COVID. That's COVID for yeah. you. Yeah.
2: There you COVID. Go. Indubitably COVID. Classic. Hey, you. If you don't want to end up dead from COVID like this guy, then you better get your vaccine.
3: <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, vaccinate me right away. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> he just got an injection.
4: Pre-existing health conditions. Oh yes, of course. Pre-existing yes. health, yeah. conditions. Yes. Yes. Existing yeah. health conditions. Pre-existing, Pre-existing health conditions. Yep, absolutely. Oh, irrefutably. <laughs> undoubtedly. But indubitably.
1: Super dumb, where'd you find that? I hadn't <laughs> seen that. That's basically. Uh, we'll you know, have to like, thank uh, Scott Shara for that because uh, it was it was calamity. a clip that he used. But uh, if, you,
0: if you guys missed that, check it out. I want to bring in Liz Reichig right now to introduce uh, Congressman Thomas Massey to talk about something very important food freedom, food security. We're dealing with uh, supply chain disruptions and they want to limit our access to food grown by local farmers or maybe you're a local farmer and you want to provide that food to your local community. The feds don't want you to. Thomas Massey does. I do. You do. Liz, what's up?
2: Yeah, thanks, Robert. It's so great that you can cover these issues and cover them at the the speed of Congress, which we don't know exactly when that's going to be sometimes. Actually, what it is, is the Congress is considering the Agriculture Appropriations Bill today and they're voting on amendments. And Congressman Massey has been working hard on four amendments that will uh, reduce or eliminate federal funding and help us to keep a secure food supply. Two of the amendments that Congressman Massey introduced, those two passed last night in a vote. So this is excellent news. One of those was about eliminating federal grant funding for transgenic edible vaccines. Oh, so that amendment passed. So there will be no federal funding available via grants for that for this coming fiscal year. That's the good other news. one was prohibiting the USDA from implementing more rules to keep us from getting the meat that we want from the local small farms.
0: Right, so you that, want to do a herd share?
2: Exactly. It's right, it's a yeah. herd share. It's it's related to the meat from custom slaughter facilities, right?
0: Yeah. That's all we need is the federal government telling us what we can and can't eat. We've had enough of that for generations at this point. I'm over it. I know Congressman Thomas Massey is over it. Welcome to the Robert Bell Show, Congressman Massey. God bless you for what you're doing. We're with you, and I know there are a couple of amendments you want our audience to shout out to their Congress critter (laughs) to say, hey, vote for these amendments, so talk to me. What's going on there? Do we have Congressman Massey? It's a still image right now. Do you see that? Oh, go ahead, Dr. Matt, Congressman, go ahead.
4: Yeah, um, we got two of the amendments passed last night, as Liz mentioned, very excited about that. And um, what we've got now are two amendments that did not pass, but they're gonna get a recorded vote later today. So this is what we want you to call about. One of these amendments was offered by Victoria Sparks and I'm the co-sponsor. It would end the cronyism that's known as the Commodity Checkoff Program. Every time a farmer sells a cow or milk, or soybeans, you name it, anything you can grow. The government has set up these programs where you you are forced to give money to a private organization that's supposed to promote your product. You remember those got milk commercials? Or beef, it's what's for dinner? Okay, when's the last time you saw one of those? I haven't seen one in 10 years. It's because they are taking all that money, they're giving million dollar salaries to the board members who run these programs. There's almost no accountability They're banned from lobbying with this money, but they're lobbying us right now to to not end their program. Mm -hmm. So um, Victoria Spartz's amendment would say the USDA can't spend any money to keep this program going. And uh, that would be a tremendous relief for farmers. It would also save you a lot of money at the grocery store. These cronies are sucking about a billion dollars a year out of the, the food supply chain, just pure profit for them. So if you could call your congressman and ask them to vote today for the Victoria Sparks Amendment, the Sparks-Massey Amendment, to eliminate the checkoff program. By the way, they called it a checkoff program because it started voluntarily. You would like check the box, you know, like on your taxes, you can check a box. If you want some money to go to the presidential election or something. Well, it used to be a box you could check when you sold, let's say, your cows at market. There's no box anymore, there's no check off. They've checked the box for you and taken it off the form. So it's kind of, I would say like communism, but it's more cronyism. So that's one of the amendments. Any and questions? Another
0: one, Congressman. Yeah. Was it I, re, I was reading about this through the Nourishing Liberty website. And you by the way, you can check out nourishingliberty slash prime act and it, it'll access which through a zip code search if you're not sure who you who to call about this. Um, but there's another thing where they want to, I don't know, RFID tag or chip every yeah. every piece of every cattle out there, which yeah. will destroy the small family farmers if they even exist anymore.
4: Yeah, this is the this is actually the most important one, and I probably should have led off with this. Uh, they the USDA in January said they're going to start mandating chips in every cow or bison in the United States, and um, you know, at, it, to some people it might not sound that bad. Oh well, it's just like the modern version of a number, you know, tag in their ear. But the reality is, what they're going to do is every time you try to sell or butcher a cow, they're gonna run it through like at the uh, shopping mall where you walk through two things and uh, the alarm goes off if you stole something or they didn't deactivate the anti-theft device. Your cow is gonna walk through something like that. And if you don't have a good, the equivalent of a social credit score for your farm, the alarm is gonna go off. They're gonna say no sale and they will not let you sell that animal. Now. So it's not just an annoyance and something that's going to cost farmers money. They're going to use this to implement almost like central bank digital currency, but for animals. Every animal is going to have a serial number. Uh, There'll be no way out of it. And if you can't check off uh, 87 things on your list that you're doing on your farm, it could be Green New Deal stuff. Maybe your animals haven't had mRNA vaccines. Maybe you haven't had an mRNA vaccine then you're not going to be in good standing. You won't be able to sell your animals, and the compliance mm-hmm. is going to be so hard that you'll basically have to join a corporation, and they'll they'll for, they'll do all the legal work for you and all the compliance. They'll have somebody who comes out and makes sure your farm is compliant. Mm-hmm. And instead of being an independent rancher, uh, you know that has been a tradition in America for over 200 years, basically family farms are going to become serfdoms and and wards of multinational corporations and you're going to be raising their cattle for them on your property if they let you still own it this sounds yeah, like Robert, the
2: this this program used to be called the national animal identification system nais mm-hmm. and right. so i and some of your audience we've actually been fighting this for more than 15 years this will be very familiar to some of your audience and you know what it's really up to us so congressman uh congresswoman harriet hageman introduced us correct and were you on that one, Congressman? Her-
4: yes, Harriet Hageman is the is the lead sponsor on this. She is the incredible woman from yeah. Wyoming who beat Liz Cheney. She relieved us of Liz Cheney, uh, and you know, which in itself is heroic. But uh, she came to Congress, and I didn't realize she's such a fighter. She's a lawyer. She's been fighting go- government overreach in the courtrooms for decades. And one of the things that she has forestalled for a decade is this animal ID that, yeah. uh, that Liz is talking about. And uh, now she comes to Congress and she realizes, oh, my gosh, the thing I've been fighting for a decade is now going to happen, and I've got an opportunity to stop it here in Congress. Mm-hmm. So uh, Harriet Hageman introduced it. Ask your congressman to vote for the Hageman, uh, Massey. There's some other co-sponsors in there, Curtis, Boebert Amendment. But d- all you got to say is Harriet Hageman Amendment, on the don't chip our cattle.
0: Yes. And we have yeah. the link for everybody watching on the show today, right now, go to robertscabell.com and you will see in the notes, a link to the nourishingliberty.com slash prime act, which gives you the information. Congressman Massey is just referencing. So I want you guys to pick up the phone and do this today.
2: Yeah, it's really urgent. These votes are going to happen. And these representatives have done the legal work in Congress that we can't do but it's up to us to give them the support by calling our members and asking them to support it it really is up to us robert and you know you have such a wonderful following of strong amazing mamas who are here fighting for our children's food security and it is time to activate it is time to make these calls this is our food security
0: and it's right in the show notes there, as I'm showing on the screen right now, so you guys can do this, um, Congressman Massey. This sounds really eerily like what they'd like to do to us humans. Uh, yeah. To track us, central bank digital currency us. I mean, if they can prove it, they can do it to animals. They don't look at us much different than cattle.
4: That's right. They they in fact, when the um, CDC uh, mandated masks on airplanes, they used a statute that's supposed to apply to animals and insects during pandemics. Like the CDC has the authority to euthanize animals and, and insects during a pandemic, but they use that, that law to make us wear masks on airplanes. It's somewhat ridiculous. Listen, it's a, these animals, they're a test run. If they can do this to the animals, they'll do it to the owners, and then they'll do it to everybody else. Uh, and they're, they're doing it right now on the animals. It will, and by the way, it's not about just adding more compliance and, and making it harder. They do want you to eat bugs. Like, the, you know, there's a lot of woke people at the USDA that frankly don't care how many regulations they put on and if it means the end of American cattlemen because they don't want you to eat uh, meat anyway. And so that's another part of this. That's another reason this attack is so strong and it's coming at us. And we're being lobbied. By the way, there's a strong, I'm going to call it industrial meat complex lobby up here against these two amendments. Um, The National Cattlemen Beef Association, they get their money from the beef checkoff program, 70 percent of their revenue. And they're the biggest lobbyist in Washington, D.C., having to Mm. do with cattle. But they're working against cattle ranchers. And then the Farm Bureau is in a similar situation. They sell insurance to a lot of people. And I uh, hope they're not an advertiser on your show. <laughs> they, um, <are> not. <laughs> yeah, well, they won't be for long after, yeah. I tell you. They are they are also lobbying against our amendment, and uh, they're farmers who belong to this organization. They don't realize they're, they're lending their names and the imprimatur of, of their citizenship to these lobbyists who come here and say, "Oh, we recommend we, we uh, represent millions of farmers, and you better listen to us." So that's kind of I just want to explain what's going on here in the swamp. And also, I'm on the Rules Committee, along with some other really good patriots, Ralph Norman and Chip Roy. We fought like hell just to make sure these amendments would see the light of day. And we, we had to fight the lobbyists in, deep in the Rules Committee, in the bowels of Congress, in the back room. The, the lobbyists were trying to keep these things from even getting a vote, because even if we lose on these amendments, we have to post good scores so that it's a shot across the bow and they know we're keeping an eye on them.
0: Mm. Representative Massey, what you're doing is so very important. Uh, We've seen some massive awakening over the time of hashtag woke was occurring simultaneous like COVID, uh, supply chain disruptions. People now became more aware of the need to bring food production closer and closer to home or connect with farmers that were near to them. I'm wondering if this is... uh, a partisan issue like the COVID injections have become, where it's right versus left or Republican versus Democrat? Or is this a, a food security issue that we're seeing a little bit of mixing on all the parties right now?
4: I think you'll see a mix of votes on this. So if you're sitting there saying, oh, my congressman's a Democrat and they've never done anything I want, so there's no use in calling them, I would say, no, you should call them. This is an issue that mobilizes Democrats as well as Republicans. In fact, I think That's why they allowed my edible vaccine amendment to go on a voice vote last night. And instead of, I, I almost feel like a squish. I thought I should object to my bill passing and demand a recorded vote, but I decided to take the win, but uh, they did not want a recorded vote because this, this is a bad issue for Democrats and Republicans to go against the, you know, the people they represent, whether it was the herd share amendment where I kept the USDA from saying, oh, two families can't share a cow. I mean, there are millions of people who use that model because how many families can eat a whole cow even in a year? So usually if you use one of these custom exempt slaughterhouses, it's usually like four families or two families. USDA was trying to end that. They did not want to have a vote, the Democrats or the Republicans. See, a Democrat could have objected last night and demanded a recorded vote on either one of those. But out of 200 Democrats or 198 Democrats, None of them ejected. Mm. So it's bipartisan, and so um, wh- whoever your congressman is, I, I don't care if they're flaming liberal. Call them up, tell them you d- you don't want your chips. <laughs> you want chips in your salsa, not in your cattle. Right, not in your cows. Wrong. <laughs> and there's also that
2: many of the Democrats, right, congressmen, are really concerned about the uh, monopoly, the meat monopoly, and so that that's a really essential. Talking point on this, and it's 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 so real that that four companies, four meat packers, are controlling eighty five percent of our foods, our meat supply in this country. And yeah, that is and a, even serious concern to Democrats.
4: Even Joe Biden said that exact um, sentence, Liz, in the State of Union. I'm not uh, accusing you of plagiarizing. He <laughs> took that from us, but uh, it is a concern, the monopolization and and the democrats you know they're they're rightfully distrustful of corporations maybe different for different reasons than we are but um, kind of it doesn't matter if you're republican democrat or independent you know mm-hmm. something's up if you know two of those four companies are owned by foreign countries like one is chinese and one is brazilian of those four meat packers and that you know i think the usda is a captured agency i think they are issuing these regulations and, and in doing so, empowering the verticalization of the, of the meat industry and also the consolidation of these monopolies. And so that's what you know, that's the general theme with all four of these amendments. Uh, but again, my two amendments, the one on edible vaccines passed to, mm-hmm. to keep us from spending your money on that and my uh, amendment to stop them from banning herd shares. That amendment passed. But the two that are up for a vote, you know, and I'm going to be going to vote here pretty soon on yeah. these things are the uh, the Hageman Amendment to don't chip our cattle and our bison. And then the Sparks Amendment that says in this cronyism, this checkoff program that takes a billion dollars from consumers and farmers every year and provides no benefit or transparency.
0: Yeah. So this is happening in real time here, Wednesday, 27th of September, 2023. Uh, so you have permission, everybody, to pause the show if you need to and call. Uh, and, and again, we have the link, and it's right in the notes today to go to nourishingliberty.com slash primac to find out who to call. And, and, Congressman, thank you for referencing as well that this crosses the party line. So don't think that because you're a guy or gal and it doesn't do anything or listen to you ever. This is something that, you, that we can win on. And, and, Congressman, you also have a background in agriculture personally.
4: Yes, I, I have 50 cattle. Uh, in fact, some people have accused me of self-dealing here. They say, how much are you going to profit from this? And I say, well, there's 50 million beef cattle in the United States, and I own 50 of them. So I might get one millionth of the benefit, except we're also trying to protect consumers, not just farmers. And this covers pigs and lambs and poultry and all that other stuff. So uh, I have just enough involvement in cattle to, to lose Uh, most of my congressional salary trying to farm every year. And, uh, but I do have some skin in the game and I understand what we're up against when we try to market these things. I've, you know, i market my cattle direct to consumers because uh, you just get hosed when you try to plug into the supply chain that the industrial, yeah, yeah, the monopoly controls.
0: Now, are you able to uh, uh, affordably raise your cattle on grass primarily? Because that's a big movement as well.
4: Yes, my, my cattle are 100% grass-fed. This is not a commercial for my no, no, cattle. I'm asking because I'm curious,
0: uh, and, and yeah. that's what we're all about here, too. But believe me, please share.
4: Yeah, um, and it's a little more expensive to do it on grass. that You have to keep them uh, half a year or a year longer than you would if you were feeding them corn. But we can still beat the prices in the grocery stores with grass-fed cattle from your from your, you know, neighborhood farmer, if we have channels to get to market, and the and the monopolies understand that, and that's why they're trying to shut that down. They only want you to have corn-fed beef that you know, been a thousand miles on a train car from Kentucky yeah. to Nebraska back to Kentucky. Um, and we could because we don't have all that travel. It's more humane for the animals. Uh, it's you know more sustainable. We're not using all that fuel to transport the animals and the meat all over the country. Uh, it's, you know, there's just so many good things about it. It's more accountability. You know, where it came from. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, that's the irony, you know, think about this. They're trying to do the animal ID tags, the electronic ID they're claiming it's for accountability, but you don't need to track an animal across the planet, (laughs) Uh, if you're buying it from your farmer.
0: Exactly. That's what we want to see. More local production, local access to food, and that will be the real food security, not the artificial one from a centralized planning committee of Marxists uh congressman massey you're welcome here anytime we really appreciate you and we spotlight a lot of the good that you do and on this one for sure we want everybody to pick up the phone and reach out to the congressman or woman and let them know to support the uh the hagman hagman amendment and the sparks amendment which we have linked up and liz thanks for connecting us with uh, congressman massey
2: yeah of course it's one call folks make one call today be- by 4 30 or 5.
0: yes yeah get yeah don't her- call. Yeah, yeah,
4: don't call Kevin McCarthy or Nancy Pelosi. Go to the website that you've listed. Put yes. in your zip code. Liz is not tracking you like you know electronic <laughs> tracking. She's right. just trying to tell you who your congressman in is, and you only need to make one phone call. Uh, it's it's a lot more effective than sending an email or writing. There's no time to write a letter, frankly. This is a vote that's going to yeah. happen yeah. here in the next right couple now. hours, so and they, they will you count everybody. your call.
2: They will count they will. how many people yeah. are calling on this. So pick up that phone, make this call. We've got this, but we have to put our effort into it.
0: Great. Well, we we'll want to hear some good news, hopefully, tomorrow on this uh, reporting in, in any way. We will report on it. And if there's anything we can do to reach out to the, the country, the people that listen to this show, uh, Congressman, let us know.
4: All right. Thanks so much. And this is part of the spending process, by the way. I know everybody's wondering if the government's going to shut down or not. This, this opportunity presented itself because we are doing 12 separate appropriations bills, and this is the power of the purse. If, if we put these bills on the spending bills, it will happen.
0: All right. Congressman Massey, thanks for all that you're doing. Liz Reitzig, thank you as well. We'll get you back on soon as we have more updates on this. And, and again, go out there and vote right. And I know you will, Congressman. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. All right. Take care guys. Uh, that was, uh, again, uh, this was, we don't always have live alerts happening, even though we can, we can cover things as they're breaking, but this is one of those strange or unusual requests of get on the phone and make that call. Uh, go to dot com slash prime act. It's, uh, you know, again, if you're listening close to being live today, they need to hear from you to get that going. Now. Uh, we have another guest here and, uh, I was on his show, I believe on Monday and i just a wonderful fellow just enjoyed it thoroughly. I got to find out how we can get y'all to see his show as well. We'll learn about that. Dr. Michael, uh, Gata is on the
3: Robert Scabell show, Michael. Robert, great to see you again.
0: Good to see you as well. We just had uh, you know, breaking news with Congressman oh, Massey on some food, freedom, food security bills that would actually restore local action and options mm-hmm. to get food that we, you know, perceived to be better, that doesn't travel a thousand miles, you know, on and on it goes. And uh, yes. I know that's part of your goal and role in helping people to get well and stay well as well.
3: It is, Robert. And I, I so appreciate your message of decentralization of life. Uh, so because, you know, as, uh, the, the, the problems we're facing today are largely from the establishment and the government, the state, whatever you want to call it. And solutions always come person to person, neighbor to neighbor, finding your local tribe. And I'm so glad you brought in this food piece because, you know, there's such an effort underway to monopolize the food system and have us consume fake meat. They're also trialing uh, fake fruit, lab-grown fruit, um, thanks to our uh, non-friends at the Gates Foundation. And uh, it just goes on and on. So uh, I'm really glad to be here today to talk about uh, natural health and health freedom.
0: Yeah. You know, it's not the ever left lasting gobstoppers of a Willy Wonka that they want. You those would be healthy compared to what they want to inject That's in right. your food and have you chew up. And That's we'll, right. We'll spit it out. So uh, Michael, tell me we, we did a show, your show. You do Mondays. Uh, tell yes. everybody about what you do. And I, I want people to plug in because I think people will really enjoy. It's very complimentary to what we do here on this show.
3: It is. And 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 thank you. It's an honor to be here. I've been a fan of yours for years. I've been recommending your show. Uh, for the three years we've had our three and a half years we've had ours. But I've been practicing Chinese and functional medicine for 33 years. Uh, I've trained over 20,000 practitioners over the last 30 years of teaching. Uh, and my whole, you know, the GATA Institute for Holistic Health Education and the GATA Clinic for Chinese and Functional Medicine, our motto is nature first, drugs last. And the, the reason for that is simple. Drugs aren't bad, pharmaceuticals, they're just massively overused. Uh, we have 4% of the world's population. We consume about 50% of the world's pharmaceuticals. And uh, there's a natural solution for almost anything. I, my estimate from seeing many thousands of patients is about 99% of the time, there is a natural solution for whatever a person might be taking a pharmaceutical drug for symptom management.
0: Yeah, and and it's uh, seemingly not a radical thing, but apparently... <laughs> To relegate drugs to the last resort instead of the first, second, and third resort has become, you know, what are you talking about? That's the craziest thing I ever heard. (laughs) And yet it's the most essential thing we need to start doing now before the drugs do us in, which, you know, arguably third, second, or first leading cause of death. And yes, yes, last resort. When all else fails, then you have a drug as opposed to the first, second, or third.
3: Yep. For sure. So yeah, so my, my life is basically about uh, training other practitioners uh, in natural functional medicine, educating the public about our two main subjects of natural health and health freedom, uh, and then clinical practice, working with patients one-on-one around the world uh, through phone and video. And then I practice locally here in Colorado.
0: Yeah, we have your uh, website as well linked up, I believe, in the show notes. Super Don has it right there. Uh, Nature first, drugs last, love it. Practitioner training and patient care. So if you're already a healthcare provider and you want to expand the tools you have and and do even better, uh, Michael can certainly help in that regard and has a lot of different offerings, uh, both to the community and, of course, online. And uh, Clinicians Mastermind Circle, dude, that's innovative.
3: Yeah, that's our natural functional medicine certification program. And By the way, we created a page for your listeners, michaelgated.com slash robert. Uh, which you know is, fa- is fairly generic right now. I'm going to be updating it after our conversation, based on what we talk about, and I will load up that page. Uh, there's us at the recent conference, and then you, know, you on the show, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna build out this page with more specific resources for your listeners uh, based on our conversation today. I'm going to update that, uh, but yeah, folks want to bookmark slash robert
0: and we connected. It was a, it was a naturally inspired conference yes. up in Loveland, Colorado, right?
3: Yeah, you gave a great talk, Robert. I mean, people were so inspired by your message, your passion, your intelligence, your heart. Uh, I was inspired as well. Thankfully, I got there to set up just as you were going on. So I got to hear your talk. It was fabulous.
0: Yeah, well, I love being able to do these events. I know not everybody is able or or, or, uh, can travel to them, and from time to time, of course, I'm going to a lot of them. You're at some of them. I don't know if there's any upcoming events that you're doing besides the online stuff that you have.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm speaking in New York, where I grew up, uh, in Garden City, Long Island, on November 18th, uh, and I'm teaching a botanical medicine, the latest in phytotherapy, botanical medicine, herbal therapy uh, seminar.
0: Did you say you're from Long Island?
3: Long Island. I grew up in Queens, man. I'm an Italian guy from Queens.
0: It didn't sound like it. You've neutralized that accent to broadcast.
3: <laughs> well, there's a funny story. I, I took a, a three-week spiritual education class in uh, on, a, on a farm, an hour north of Toronto, back in 1992. And they asked me where I was from, and I said New York City. They're like, "No, you're not." <laughs> and so this went back and forth. They're like, "No, you're not." Yes, I am. And so I pulled out my driver's license proving that i lived in new york they're like you don't sound well i said well i'm a professional speaker and it doesn't doesn't really help me if i have a thick new york right? italian accent you,
0: but you can um, play it on if you want you can turn I can it turn on
3: it, forget about it yeah i can you turn it on uh, it. as needed
0: so i had that before my voice broke i mean i was there in uh, queens uh for the first six years of my life then we then we went oh, like, many, like uh whitestone uh oh sure fact, yeah but uh, back in the day, I, I just remember moving not long after Hurricane Agnes, or what the Oh, yeah. Remember that?
3: Totally. Totally. Yeah.
0: And so that's a childhood memory of, of just climbing through debris, not understanding the severity <laughs> of the circumstance, but just having fun. <laughs> yes, but then yes. we went to Florida, like so many, and then got hurricanes really directed at us. So, yes. Uh, but enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, I remember the blizzard of 77, where it was up to my neck at that time all we were sniffles. gone
0: by then but yes we Snepro were down
3: snow. In- but yeah I, I lived next door to whitestone and bayside for a little while but uh yeah i lived in all, all throughout queens I, i'm not
0: ha- i'm not let me just say this i'm not unhappy that i no longer live there ditto. Every time i go back i'm like major I, ditto I, and for all you new yorkers out there i love you but i don't know how you do it oh uh, ditto but-
3: absolutely uh, it's it's become uh a war zone. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's just, it's been overrun. Uh, You know, we have this, um, you know, leftist activist mayor, uh, who said, bring everybody to New York, we're we're sanctuary city, and now he's begging for it to stop. Uh, I mean, uh, it's just a, a lesson in bad policy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, if we want good policies, I think we need healthier folks. And um, We we could argue that many of the people that are in politics that you wonder what's wrong with them. I would say there are nutrient deficiencies that are impacting behavior and cognition.
3: Yes. Yes. Well, that's for sure, Robert. I mean, that's such a good point. And, you know, we have to be able to think clearly to see through the, you know, the, the Widespread lies, the ubiquitous lies of the establishment and the mainstream media and the government and public health, we have to be able to think clearly. And that has to do with what we eat, our exercise, our relationships, our spirituality. Um, You know, this is very, very important, but, you know, very simple, practical things people can do. Uh, is to you know engage in an annual cleanse you know just give your body a little spring cleaning where you you know inter and as well as intermittent fasting and um, you know all these very helpful practices that really help to unburden the body and the mind uh from chemical toxicity it's one one layer of it
0: Hmm. I was thinking about that concept of cleansing, which I never never knew anything about growing up as in mm-hmm. a medical family. Other than you'd have to take a bath, wash behind your ears. You know that was <laughs> cleansing. And, and then um, being a young person in America at the time, you know the co- canary in the coal mine of Gen X. I was so constipated I had to go to a hospital. Oh. To clear that out with, and that's where I learned about enemas. And the irony wow. there, of course, is we got them for free because my dad worked for the CB Fleet Pharmaceutical Company. Oh uh, wow. I remember fleet, sure. Yeah, but it was a a little bit of a traumatic experience and I'm like, why was it so painful to to do what's normal? The body knows what to do, is that eliminate waste? And in my body, it was so backlogged that I had inflammatory issues, allergies, rashes, you name it, I had it. And that's what motivated me in a big part to do what I do today, Mm. to learn, apply it for myself and then help others to do the same or better. But I think about cleansing, I'm like, dude, Every day, especially every night when you go to sleep, your liver, your excretory organs, they're working extra hard when the rest of your body's shut yeah. down to kind of take all of that stuff from the day and let's see if we can package it for removal. And yes. people don't understand that. It's not just, a you know, like you said, spring cleaning. Yes, there's a, a time when we think about cleaning the house for the springtime. But think about our bodies. They need to cleanse every day.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And and our cells have a, an in-house inside the cell Cleanup crew or the sanitation department inside the cell is a largely enzymatic function called autophagy, and uh, and this is kind of an internal house cleaning inside each cell that can be improved when we just eat a little less often. And so, as a as a dietitian, nutritionist, I'm also an acupuncturist and herbalist. Um, I, I frequently recommend and practice myself uh, most days uh, intermittent fasting, where we give our bodies 16 hours of just water. And then preferably do some exercise in that time. uh, And then we can concentrate our food into typically two meals within eight hours. That's Mm -hmm. one of the most powerful things I've seen in 33 years of practice for helping people improve their health and energy.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to be better about uh, consciously intermittent because lately it's been so busy I forget to eat. And I'm yes. like, hey, that's not what I was intending to do, to forget <laughs> to eat. Now, thankfully, I have the energy and the metabolic efficiency to, to yes. manage that when it happens. And I couldn't yeah. gr- when I was growing up because I was so hypoglycemic. In it. Mm. And so those things are corrected. But at the same time, to be conscious about it, you know, the cellular autophagy processes is not only detoxing, it's recycling components yes. for further reuse. Uh, and right. intermittent fasting is key. Our friends at Cardio Miracle did studies and found that their formula specifically also enhanced the autophagy process. Oh wonderful the process of uh, enhancing nitric oxide production, and the other things, because it's a whole food kind of formula. So oh, that's great. things that can be done on a daily basis, even if you're not ready to intermittent fast, although I would yes. encourage you to look into it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Good things start to happen starting at 12 hours. And if you can make it to 16, great. If you need to start at 12, then go to 13, 14 and on from there. My sister eats once a day. She eats all her food in four hours, fast 20 hours. And she was quite mm. obese. She lost 60 pounds and 30 inches. Wow. in two and a half years. Mm. So uh, it's a powerful practice. And uh, and it's something that's, you know, very, uh, very simple to do uh, yes. that we can really do. And, and you know, and, and I got involved. I appreciate all that. You know, you told us your story on Monday of all the health challenges you had growing up. I did too, uh, having these recurrent ear infections. So I think we're brought on by the very modest vaccine schedule at that time. Mm. Um, I had all my shots, but that was six at the time. Today it's 79. Um, and I had to ju- that may have been the cause of these recurrent ear infections and just countless rounds of antibiotics, you which then led to We're all this yeah. dysbiotic problems with mm-hmm. uh you know digestive issues and sweet cravings and you know just very poor health, even as a teenager. I was 18, mm-hmm. 19 years old. Uh, should be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, but I was actually pretty tired. So uh thankfully I got it, got myself into a holistic health training program and got mm-hmm. my own health in shape and now. You know, helping patients and well, what them. what
0: what's possible, Michael. I mean, what you're showing and what I'm showing is, even if you were grown in a way that was not conducive to optimal health and you didn't yes. have, yeah, that you can gain it even if you never had it in Absolutely. this lifetime. And yeah. I think that's something that uh, the allopathic community is not concerning itself with, just managing yes. your symptoms. But I think about the consciousness shift we've undergone in our lifetime to to yes. realize what we have and apply it. I mean, I even. I don't know if you have ever had this. I remember back in the day when you could ride in the back of pickup trucks, and the <laughs> belts were yes. like a, what, a, a nuisance, right? And and you know now, of course, it's uh, it's not a good idea to just run around. So these things shift and change, and we're like, how did we ever think that way? But there is a lot of that uh, going on in this time frame where doctors, more than ever before, I think because of the COVID crazy crisis, Mm. are starting to see things more clearly and coming over our direction. We're not moving closer to drugs. We were there already, but they're coming over our way and we're here to help them and welcome them to the fold.
3: Yes, that's such a good point, Robert, that, you know, I had a new patient uh, a few weeks ago who is in her mid 80s. And to your point, she's like, isn't it too late for me? And her her daughter brought her to me for help. And uh, she has a you know range of health issues. Uh, I believe some of them caused by her, you know, polypharmacy medication schedule. But, uh, you know, she's 84. And uh, and I, I said, it's never too late. You can always improve your quality of life, your health, your well-being, your energy, um, your, your peace of mind. You can always change that. As long as one breath remains, each of us can fulfill our destiny and potential in life.
0: Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And it's true. If you're still breathing, there's still options. There are still mm-hmm. options. Uh, and that breath of life is not just the air, the oxygen, but yes. it's the prana the life force, the vital force. And that's also something we in the West have abandoned or never knew when I grew up. What is that? Right. That was yeah, right. You know, weird concepts from the Far East, for instance. And yet they're the essence of, you know, all holistic practices or uh, vitalistic views of the body from chiropractic to real traditional naturopathic and homeopathic and even herbalism, eclectic herbalism. All of these recognize the energy centers of the body as primary in support. And it doesn't mean ignore the, the molecular needs. But my gosh, if we only focus on molecules, we're missing the majesty of creation.
3: Oh, yes. Well, most of who we are is invisible. You know, there's a very small range of our, or the totality of the, the human, the visible, and the being is invisible. Most of us is being. Uh, so certainly the physical form is, is visible, but our our mind, our emotions, our spirit are, are not visible. And, uh, and I like that, you know, you brought in the vitalism. And, and thank you for explaining to our listeners on Monday that that's part of homeopathy, which I, I honestly, as an herbalist, nutritionist, I just don't know a lot about it. But you explained it beautifully that there, there's a vibrational uh, presence, yeah, 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 in, in all these ancient traditions and modern ones as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what you're doing is extraordinary. I'm I'm so glad to connect with you here and and on your show. And um, for people that want to actually come see you physically where yeah. you are, I know that you do. You know, everybody's going online too, and that's great. Sure. But sometimes you just want to sit down and have a consult. How do people yes. do that?
3: Yeah, folks you can just go to MichaelGata.com. G A E T A. Uh, And you can schedule a free call just to see if it's our our teaching programs and learning programs or patient care is a good fit for you. I'm in Boulder, Mm -hmm. Colorado, uh, and we have folks fly in to, you know, for care directly. Uh, But, you know, whether you're local or far away, we can certainly help uh, help help person address their current health goals and issues uh, with a natural functional medicine and Chinese medicine approach. And then also folks who just want to stay well, it's much easier to Stay well than get well once you're mm. sick. You know, an ounce yeah. of prevention is still worth a pound of cure, even in today's uh, bite inflation economy.
0: Well, I give you all the credit and props in the world that you, you've maintained your uh, 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 space there in Boulder, Colorado, <laughs> of all places, Woke yeah. Central, Party Central for wokeness. And yeah. yet, I don't know if you have to put on a disguise every time you come and go or not, but
3: I'm impressed. Well, everybody's wearing a mask, so it's, t- <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, not have- everybody, but yeah, no, it's 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 fine. I mean, there's a lot of good people here and, uh, you know, it's a beautiful physical place to, to work. I originally moved here because there was a school, it's a Waldorf school I wanted to bring my kids to. Um, and that was great until they went woke. And yeah. now they're, you know, now that. That was you know, a great
0: disappointment because I love the Waldorf school and Rudolf Steiner and all of this. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. And, and they abandoned the essence yeah. in, yep. in this time. Yeah.
3: And it's amazing, Robert. I mean, knowing a little bit about the Waldorf uh, community in the, in the U.S. at least, um, the schools that have gone woke are are have either closed or they're either really struggling to keep going because parents are fed up with it. Um, and, you know, I went head to head with the administration many times. They didn't like me by the time my kids graduated. And, uh, but you know, they, they've bought into this whole, you know, they've hired panorama education, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, to, uh, to, to wokeify the curriculum and all this type of stuff. And, you know, parents don't want it, you know, some, some of them do, uh, but most don't want the propagandization of the cultural Marxism and the identity politics in their kids. It's very divisive. And very unhealthy and very anti-Steiner, by the way. Uh, You know, this neo-racism, this anti-white neo-racism is very divisive. And uh, Steiner said in 1919, he said, we must get beyond race. Mm -hmm. What King said years later.
0: Yeah, the spiritual essence of us, as you said, the invisible part of us is the majority of us. We don't realize it as we get trapped in a materialistic worldview. And then we actually think pigmentation uh, matters other than the fact that if you have more, you need more sunlight. That's right. Than those who have less. Right. Uh, we
3: That's
0: have right. questions coming in. Uh, there's, I oh, think great. there's one coming in. Somebody watching on Rumble. Uh, sure. Cetros. This is one of the most controversial questions ever. And it's not really, but it's treated as such because diet people will defend their diet more than they'll defend their religious views. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it relates to, you know, veganism, meat eaters, paleo, et cetera. Yes. Um, Cetro Spotlight says, uh, would Dr. Gata support a vegan diet as a practice? Need a little help, Super Don? Saying, let, let's let them know. Because, look, people that are vegan often do it because of a philosophical view yes. on not, you know, hurting animals and such. Yeah. And I can respect that. Uh Whether it's the okay. right for you or you or you, I guess, for me, it's about bioindividuality. I think yep. there are people that could uh, go on a, a, a macrobiotic diet and die, and then another person go on a macrobiotic diet and cure their cancer.
3: That's yes. how d- diverse we are. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Bio- thank you for bringing that in, Robert. Biochemical individuality is important. In Chinese medicine, we look at organ systems and five elements and phases and, you know, in terms of typing and a typology system. But, and then in the Western systems, we could look at, you know, maybe a an endomorph may do better than a ectomorph on that relatively more depleting diet, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't. I mean, in 33 years of practice, I, I haven't actually found a healthy vegan yet. I'm not saying it's not possible, uh, but uh, I have not found that to be what I would consider a human diet. We've evolved to eat everything. We're omnivores. Even Michael Pollan's book, The Omnivore's Dilemma, mm-hmm. you know, talks about that a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody's got to find their path, you know, do you, you do you, you know, I believe in you know education and then letting people make what choices make sense for them. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when I was that exhausted 18 year old, I became a vegetarian. I said, oh, well, that must be the problem. I'm eating meat. And, uh, and I lasted a year. I was, if I turned sideways, you couldn't yeah. see me because I know, was so, you know, so emaciated. Michael, uh, it's
0: uncanny. The stories you tell are like mirroring exactly my experience because when <laughs> I started my journey as well I went vegetarian for yes. about a year yeah and, and I was losing wow. so much weight I was shrinking away to nothing now yep. it did serve me well in terms of reducing uh, let's say a digestive burden that was ar- I already had a corrupted yes. system for my whole life and yes. so it did serve me well for a while but then I had to yes. pay attention to the body get said oh it needs some you know yes. fill in the blank in this case meat now yep. Those who, again, are religiously vegan, it's going to be offensive sure. to say that. And yep. you're not trying to offend them by saying you haven't met a healthy vegan. It's just no. look, this is your experience in interacting yeah. with them when they come for help. It's like that's they're right. missing something. But if you're doing well as a vegan out there, including Cetros, yeah. if that's your thing, we're not yep. condemning you. We're not judging no. you. we're no, not it's at working all. for you great. If something's going off, just be willing to look at maybe what's missing, just in case.
3: Absolutely. Uh, that's such a good point, Robert. Yeah. I, I, and my my whole approach to practice is I suggest you decide. All I do is make suggestions all day and then people make the choices they make and I support them, respect them, love them, regardless of what, so those are their choices. I can support them, whatever they decide. Uh, and, you know, and I was partly a vegetarian for uh, ethical reasons, like, oh, the animal. And now I didn't know there was such a thing as ethical Uh, Animal foods, you know that that the animals, you know, and I lived on a on a uh, on a a, uh, in a community that has a grass-fed regenerative ranch. So I lived; my backyard had a fence. On the other side of the fence were a bunch of grazing cows that a few months later I got to eat, and uh, and and I saw the quality of their life was incredible. They had a a wonderful quality of life. So anyway, my I, I some vegans can do it. They have to supplement heavily because there are so many deficiencies that are automatically part of a vegan diet. I don't really consider it a human diet uh, for, the, for the vast majority of people, but um, you know, find your own way. I do recommend sort of an omnivore, locavore, know your farmer, local, organic, minimally processed sort of diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has you know, plenty of protein and, uh, and a combination of vegetable and animal foods. So I think, you know, in my practice, that's what I recommend is what I do uh, as kind of a a qualitarian locavore, as Mm -hmm. I sometimes call it, focusing on food quality and locally sourced foods as much as possible. Uh, So, you know, my own recommendation as a dietitian nutritionist is for most patients Mm -hmm. is they generally need to eat more vegetables and more meat. Uh, The average person just doesn't consume a lot of vegetables, and the average person does not consume enough animal protein and healthy fats. The most important fats nutritionally, for sure, are animal fats, the most nutrient-dense. Well, the things we were told to
0: fear in the 20th and early 21st century. That's so
3: true. That's so true. Well, yeah, there's that, you know, the, the group of six at Harvard in the 1960s decided that They were going to propagandize the public into thinking that fat and cholesterol were bad. Right. Uh, And then this accelerated in uh, 1987 when uh, the first statin drug came out, Mevacor, for Merck. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just gone on from there. Finally, we're coming out of that kind of miasmic cloud of ignorance that cholesterol and saturated fat are somehow dangerous or have anything to do with cardiovascular disease. They don't. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been a process of kind of unplugging people from the fat is bad matrix, but it's mm-hmm. starting to happen. People are getting Absolutely. it that there's good fats and bad fats. We need loads of good fats and really try to stay away from yeah. those.
0: Yeah. The yeah. Fat phobia has been very detrimental to our health and I can't, uh, overstate that. Uh, no. We got a question of the day coming in. Would you mind answering Thanks. that with me? And we, Happy we're to. not playing doctor on TV here. We're just giving That's information right. and education. So we appreciate your questions and your submissions. And uh, go ahead and put this full screen there, Super All right, question of the day coming in from Yolanda. Hi, Robert and Super Don, and I'll add Dr. Michael Geta. Uh, my <laughs> three-year-old nephew had a mass on his kidney. The doctor claimed it was stage four. The surgery was difficult because they said it was attached to other parts around the kidney which ended up removing the kidney now they are starting chemo and radiation oh good lord i pray mm. doesn't need it for five months which is what my niece said i mentioned giving him selenium yep. how much should we give him and what else would you suggest thank you for your help yolanda oh goodness gracious wow. is...
3: yeah that's oh, hard God. That's hard. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been treating kids for, you know, 31 years and, uh, and have two of my own. And it's always tragic when a young person, you know, uh, a child uh, develops cancer and needs, you know, pretty dramatic interventions. And, you know, sometimes those are necessary. I'm not against Western medicine. But um, what I would suggest strongly, uh, Yolanda, is tr- try to um, work with a practitioner. Who uh, a natural health practitioner who is familiar with working with cancer patients and folks on chemotherapy to put together a, a protocol, whether that's me or somebody else, um, to really support them through that process. Because, and I'll get to the selenium question in a minute, there's so much that can be done naturally alongside mm-hmm. the conventional treatments. Uh, I'm not saying don't do what the doctor is suggesting. I'm not saying that. I'm saying alongside that, we can get better outcomes um, with the conventional treatments if you choose to go that route when we combine uh, natural therapies at the same time, such as, you know, food-based supplements and herbal medicine. Uh, And so, you know, and I teach this, if you go to cancercourse.com, you can learn a lot about this, cancercourse.com. There are six of us uh, uh, who are scientists and clinicians uh, who, you know, discuss this subject in great detail uh, that you can learn from. Um, but uh, the the main, what I've seen over the years is that folks who use a combination approach, and it gets tricky when the oncologist says don't take supplements, um, then you just have to make the call. Uh, but what I have seen is that folks who do undergo conventional treatments, radiotherapy, chemotherapy, have um, fewer side effects. They mm-hmm. just do better. Uh, they have better outcomes, better quality of life, less fatigue, hair loss, diarrhea, uh, and, and bone marrow suppression, infections, blood clots—all the things that come with chemotherapy many times. Well, uh, the I other think thing strategically, yeah.
0: and, and we're going to continue here, even though we're, we're going to go yeah. a little over on the top of the hour here with you, Michael. Um, mm. The you know the selenium question—it's it—it's what can protect that child's body or an adult yes. for that matter, going through this from the devastating impact of toxic poisons and ionizing radiation. Yes, because the things like selenium do not protect the cancer cells. This is where the oncologists just they drive me crazy because they're like, "Oh, don't take selenium; it'll stop the chemo." No, it'll only save no. the healthy cells.
3: No, there's no, no evidence plot. to support that. No, no. and and uh, Yolanda, the the adult doses for selenium therapeutic are two hundred to four hundred micrograms, uh, and so we reduce that accordingly. So a typical therapeutic dose. Um, that we'll use in, in a clinical practice would be 300 micrograms a day for an adult so that means somebody between 100 and 200 pounds this is a three year old apparently so you know I don't know how much the kid weighs but you would you would you know reduce that accordingly to maybe whether it's 50 or 100 micrograms a day but I never recommend single minerals alone because they're so dependent on each other for absorption and utilization so, uh, I tend to recommend a, a combination, like a multi, a food-based multi-mineral, sure. underneath and, whatever specific mineral you may add to that. Right. You always want to have a foundation to the house before you know adding. Well, to nutrient the house.
0: density is something, and bioavailability. Yes. You know, we have the yes. the the, the, um, the energy bits that are on there that are freeze dried. You know, organic, clean quality, super tested yes. in terms of chlorella and spirulina. Um, mm. I utilize hundred percent whole food selenium. Great. uh I've had people, quote-unquote cancer people, uh, taking 1,000, 1,200 micrograms of, of selenium a day in addition to these other whole foods and not resulting in cellulano toxicity because yes. oftentimes the form is what matters. And for those yep. of you who are still on Facebook, my dear friend Chris Bard, not longer with us, not a doc, they have not a nurse and not a doc, a group sure. on Facebook, and it's all focused on 100% whole food nutrients yes. You know, response. Yes. Unfortunately, with kids, the moment you start dealing kids and cancer, man, the government's ready to snatch those kids away if you do for anything. Sure. Right. A lot of
3: medical kidnapping going on. And, and Brazil nuts are the, the top nutritional source in the diet uh, for selenium. Uh, so an adult may consume three to five Brazil nuts a day uh, for their selenium, and a child obviously you know, would would take less than that, you know, yeah. maybe one or two um, as a, as a diet, as just a, an actual food yes. uh, that happens to be naturally high in selenium. Although far uh,
0: less than it once did decades ago, just like all of the nutrients. For sure. And
3: that's why, you know, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the needle move on hair analysis, for example, mineral analysis, as much as I used to mm-hmm. 30 years ago, or whenever I started doing hair analysis. Uh, the, 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 modern foods are not as nutrient dense. That's why we, we, the f- food is the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then we add, you know, food-based supplements to that to right. make up those gaps yes. in addition to the diet.
0: And in addition, I would say homeopathic detox drainage support for the liver mm. because the the detox pathways are going to be corrupted even further this child. Yeah. Uh, and that's a safe thing you can do to help drain the toxins out of the body more efficiently. Yeah, uh, there are other things to consider. My good friend, Bobri Oren brought over to my attention, the, uh, the folium px this was a chernobyl level antioxidant designed hmm. after chernobyl for the purposes hmm. of you know counteracting the ionizing radiation and heavy metals yes. and it's proven in uh, scientific uh, circles to be profound in terms of uh, a safe way botanically again to yep. counteract these things to consider now reach out to uh, those folks that know how to work with children that way because it's a very yep. delicate subject we're just providing information, education, not giving you medical advice. For sure.
3: For sure. And, and, and other things that tend, I, I tend to use with, I'm not telling you what to do with this child, but just what in my own practice, in my own experience uh, with other patients, uh, what I've done are herbs that support the immune system, like echinacea root, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one cause of death in chemotherapy patients typically is infection. Uh, because of the immune suppression, immune second suppression, biggest exactly. cause of death or is uh, thrombosis. So blood clots uh, is another issue. So yeah. herbs like echinacea, uh, the, the herb that most strengthens the body, one of them uh, against ionizing radiation is ginkgo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, very powerful. That's the the one the the thing that first grew back after the uh, bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The thing that survived the best and grew back the first. Uh, were ginkgo trees, which is uh, remarkable. So they're very hardy. Um, so those are a couple of examples um, of things that can help. Uh, mm-hmm. Buckwheat contains nutrients that help to minimize blood clots, especially mm-hmm. rutin. Um, so there's a, a variety of solutions that are available to help the child optimize their outcomes. I, I, regardless. I love
0: that. You're like an encyclopedia that just kind of grabs it and knows it because you've been doing it for so long. I appreciate you so much. I'm geeking out nerding out with you here <laughs> on all this stuff. And I, I, honestly, you're welcome here anytime. I'd love to get you back on the show and I appreciate you flexing today because when we originally had you scheduled, we didn't know yep. that we'd get talked to, uh, I'm sorry, Congressman Thomas. Oh, Harris, you know, wonderful. Talk about an important issue. He's is great. right? Yeah. He's
3: great. And I yeah. love what he did in the Bobby Kennedy hearing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to prevent the censorship of, of, Bobby, at the government hearing on censorship. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was wild. Really? It was wild. wild.
0: So everybody check it out. Michael Gata, G-A-E-T-A dot com. And, and, and the episode that we did Monday, it went live. Is it available as an archive?
3: It is. It is absolutely there as an archive. I just go to um, uh, go to our page about the, uh, our show. Our Monday show is at uh, 11, I uh, would say 1 p.m. Eastern uh, at um, uh, MichaelGata.com slash MWM. Mm -hmm. and that'll take you to that. There you go, the Mondays with Michael page. And then your show, our show, you did a great show, Robert. Thank you. People loved it. I did too. Um, That is available uh, in the archives there. So um, michaelgated.com. A little bit of
0: homeopathy, and that was fun. And we have a homeopathic hit to do in hour two. So I'm going to take a pause here, top of the hour plus then uh, to hold you over. But I thank you for being here Dr. Michael Gata, Great to Gata. be here,
3: Robert. Look
0: forward to seeing you again sometime out and about or back on this show or, or yours. Love to. All right. Dr. Michael Gata, who knows that the power to heal is yours. I got to ask, anybody else experiencing a day like today? Is, is anybody else feeling like, uh, I don't know if it's a frenetic energy, but an energy like, holy sh- shimoli. I almost said it, I know, like for the kids, but <laughs> there's so, so much happening today, uh, tomorrow, the next day, and, and trying to fit it all in and plan for it, and somehow we got to make it through. I don't know if it's just me and Super D, but anyway, I'm just telling you what I'm feeling now. It was really a, quite a, a powerful hour there. Uh, with Liz Reitzig and Congressman Massey and then Michael Gata. I mean, we fit a lot. I couldn't contain it in one minute hour there. That's why I had to go a little over there, Super D.
1: That's okay. Yeah. <sighs> That's okay. Yeah, kind of a crazy day. I and mean, you're right. I mean, just a few minutes ago, another thing just jumped on <laughs> on, on, on the pile there. So
0: Right. And I, and all I wanted to do, do do today is go on a mountain bike ride later. And I'm like, mm. somehow I got to find a way to, cause you know, that will help me deal with the stress of all the other mental stuff that we got to do. Right. That, uh, it's not a movement scenario, like, uh, the expanded edition of the, uh, the GI recovery, the silver aloe protocol, working on that for a number of purposes. And I just got, Oh my gosh, it's due yesterday. <sighs> How does this happen? So, uh, when you're out of school, there are still deadlines, kids, <laughs>
1: It happens. Enjoy it while you got it. Don't be in right? such a rush to get through it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, that's why I tell my kids to enjoy being a kid as long as yep. you can.
1: Um, so,
0: good job. All right. Well, let's see. We got homeopathic kid of the day. I don't <clears> have <throat> other announcements to make. Certainly, um, there's been a lot of just incredible information coming out of this show, of all shows. Right? We're actually delivering. Imagine something.
1: that. What's 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 wrong? What's going on there? <laughs>
0: And there's more to come, folks, more to come. My gosh. Uh, Yeah, we haven't even started the detox dialogues yet. Uh, But let's see, we got Merck COVID drug. I'm
1: not going to throw that at you until next week.
0: You're not. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Maybe even not next week, maybe next month at this rate. I'm just saying. (sighs) All right. So uh, let's see. I mentioned, uh, let's see, we got the Trinity Health Freedom Expo coming up. Uh, I think there's a deadline if you want to make reservations at the uh, hotel there. It sells out every year. Uh, outside of Chicago, the Tinley Park Convention Hotel and Convention Center. So that's coming up this weekend, Houston, Texas, for the Healing Strong event. I'm going to give a breakout workshop on Saturday uh, on homeopathy, naturopathy, integrative. I'm going to talk about it all in this workshop to help you navigate, you know, what what to do. And it's not just cancer related, even though a lot of folks there are uh, addressing that or have addressed it and want to stay strong or get well. Uh, But that's why it's called Healing Strong. Congratulations to that group. Uh, They're amazing 10 years in. We got the professional training event for those of you who can make it to Pittsburgh for healthcare providers October 6th, 7th, and 8th. And that's, uh, again, Nutritional Frontiers, RSB 15, get the discount. Dude, did I tell you, Super D, I had more validation? You know, I went in uh, to the gym. We'll come back to the, the updates here in a sec, but I just wanted to share with you, you know, every once in a while, I'll do this, uh, this kind of this body scan thing. You, you get barefoot on it and stand on it, and then you hold these electrodes too, and it, it does all the BMI stuff and other things, and um, I uh, validated five-pound increase in, in muscle mass, <laughs> in lean muscle mass, and, uh, you know, th- that super creatine, from Nutritional Frontiers, folks, dude, I've never had an experience like that. I've had little increments of, in benefit, and, but I've never seen something so quick and so profound in terms of putting on that lean muscle mass. Uh, of course, I am working out but not lifting weights heavily like Super Don suggests. I should probably do a little more of that. But even in the midst of just movement, the muscles have responded. And uh, if you guys need to do that, whether you're young or old, uh, you, everybody can do it. The super creatine from uh, Nutritional Frontiers, RSB-15. Anyway, Mm -hmm. all right. So then we got the Your Health Freedom Conference. Uh, That's happening the same time as the Pittsburgh event. That one's happening in West Jordan, Utah. And uh, we've talked about that as well. There there goes the Health Freedom Expo again coming up. And then uh, after that, I think we got, yeah, the Great Northwest Awakening, which is the 21st of October. I got to fly into Portland and then uh, take a short trip across the Columbia River to where this is held in Washington State. So check out patriotsunitedwa.com to learn about that event a full day event it's going to be amazing and then we've got the big event in arizona functional medicine summit and expo phoenix scottsdale arizona Uh, thanks to so many folks that will be there of course doctors terry and Stu warner and uh, dr jack wilson uh it's a great lineup i hope to see you there i'll be emceeing the event broadcasting speaking and all of that and that's coming up then we've just added this in dallas texas Uh, Because of my uh, presentation at the Red Pill Expo, thanks to G. Edward Griffin and the crew, Uh, there was somebody there that uh, said, hey, uh," you know, I I gave him a gold back. I said, here, you need to talk about this because I always bring it up. I want people to have economic options, too. And she said, hey, can you come speak at this conference? And it's not necessarily a health conference, but they're, uh, quote, unquote, allowing me to expand my discussion of not just gold and gold backs, but also silver and copper as medicine for the body. So it'll be a new audience hearing that for the first time, and that's happening, uh, what's the date on that? 11th and 12th of November.
1: November 11th and
0: 12th. Yeah, Weston, Lake, Texas. It's basically Dallas area. So that's a recent addition for those of you in Dallas, and then we got 2024 coming up. Uh, so also, reminder, it's in the show notes. Thanks, Superdon, for putting it there. We had uh, Congressman Thomas Massey on in the first hour, and we want you to reach out to your Congress critter and let them know today. This is... If you're listening a week from now it's this is the the 27th of september um not everything is time sensitive on this show a lot of times it's principles that, that stand the test of time but here is something that it's a call to action and this doesn't mean you can't nullify the things that are happening in congress if they don't succeed but there's some good things that are occurring we appreciate thomas massey here and he is also a supporter of the 10th amendment but um, if you want, please do go to this and click on it, and uh, find your rep and let them know to support the Hageman Amendment and the Sp- Sparts Amendment related to this uh, agricultural appropriation, uh, the checkoff program. So check that out and uh, follow up on that. That was cool. It was a quick hit, but it was really important. Check off. Check out. Check it off. Check it out. Off. Off.
1: off. Makes me think of Star Trek. Star Trek. Yes, check off.
0: So uh, what do you think we should do now?
1: Uh, I don't have I don't haven't made a thing for it yet, but uh, I think it's I'm time for the any. the homeopathic hit.
0: Homeopathic hit of the day. All the homeopathic hits happening here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Natrum Muriaticum. Now it sounds really fancy, and I bet when Super Don was going hocus pocus Harry Potter, what is Natrum Muriaticum? You'll be disappointed to find out it's table salt.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's boring. Speaking right. of speaking of table salt. Yes. I just got the other day. Uh, yeah. Well, what happened was I went over to my daughter's house. Uh, and this was for, I think it was for, what was the the most recent three-day weekend we had? Labor Day, I think yeah. it was. And uh, she went over to her stove. She's cooking and stuff like that. And she picked up this thing, and she turned it upside down, and it went, zzz, and salt came out. And I was like, what, what is that? And and, and she ha- is it's like an automatic. It's like a battery-operated salt grinder. You put, so like, you Himalayan salt like in it. You turn oil? it upside. Yeah, it, like, grinds the salt like a salt grinder, you know? Okay. Um, and she had one for pepper, too, and I was like, oh, I got to get one of those. So <laughs> cool. I splurged. So yeah, you can make your I went
0: homeopathic I, table salt. Is it, I is, guess. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, you could do sea salt or, or Celtic salt or, or uh, real salt. Well, or,
1: I got the pink Himalayan in, in there, and it grinds it up and stuff. But I'm sorry. I just had so to brag. The
0: version from the homeopathic. Table salt, which is natural muriaticum. So go ahead and put that yeah. on the screen. Okay. So these are the quick hits that uh, are not comprehensive. Granted, they're brief introductions to various remedies, and this is sometimes known as the remedy for chronic grief and emotional hurt. So you see, again, crossover because we've covered other remedies like Ignatia uh, and sepia. I don't know if we've done sepia yet, actually, but we've no, done emotional uh, uh, things. I've kind of referenced as, as uh, uh, adjuncts, if you will. But this homeopathic hit is talking about, this natural muriaticum, and it's uh, again an introduction to so you're not so overwhelmed when you you open up the materia medica and, and you get emotional and psychological issues from that. <laughs> so natural muriaticum is derived from sodium chloride, commonly known as table salt, and it's e- you know easily quote unquote melted or dissolved into water, so you can readily do. Uh, liquid di- dilutions, right? Some things you need to triturate, but it's not hard to do liquid dilution and succussion to convert it into a homeopathic form. Uh, and the physical properties often uh, relate to emotional stress as well as uh, related to headaches and migraines and digestive issues. Interestingly enough, and if we go into some of the mental constructs or look at this, you know, the images of uh, presented by the natural Muriaticum remedy, uh, you may experience chronic grief emotional hurt, and a tendency to isolate yourself or themselves. And so these can be things that go, hmm, I wonder if natural muriaticum might be helpful here as a homeopathic remedy. Now, primary use includes, when we talk emotional issues, uh, dealing with this chronic grief issue, emotional hurt, unresolved emotional issues. And if we go to the physical manifestations, which might be easier for some to address when you look at headaches or digestive issues, that they can be linked to emotional stress. Right now I'm amazed I don't have a headache from emotional distress. I mean it's just that there's so much going on. I'm like, ah, but uh, it's one of the 12 cell salts. Maybe you've looked into the Schussler cell salts. Natural muriaticum is often used as a low potency or low attenuation, like 6X, indicated for balancing body fluids, especially when, like, if there's edema or water retention, right? The mineral balance is off. Natural muriaticum is a homeopathic remedy could be indicated. And there are others, of course. Now, low attenuations or potency, 6X to 30C, self-help. You know, not a problem. Uh, if you want to go into the higher attenuations or potencies, you know these can get into the chronic, deep-seated issues. You might want to consult with somebody for help in those circumstances. And so, as we move down into the what we call the adjuncts or related remedies, uh, we'll see some things that might pop up if you look up Natrum Muriaticum. You might know, think, okay, Ignatia, which we did do, often used with or after Natrum Muriaticum for other unresolved emotional issues, particularly like mourning the loss of a loved one, a pet, or a job, even. Uh, Pulsatilla sometimes complements natural muriaticum for emotional conditions, especially when you have mood swings. Okay. So you have options here besides running to psychiatric medicines, if you will, or drugs. And then I add in here Nux Vomica. I thought this was an interesting one to consider uh, for complementing. Uh, you know, let's say you have a headache or other things indicated when there's indigestion or intoxication. It's often considered the hangover remedy but think about dehydration and think about mineral balance natural muriaticum Nux vomica could be uh, something that can go well together or one after the other and i usually would start with Nux vomica and then follow up with that myrrh in that case and yes it's safe as a homeopathic uh you know if you're going into chronic or severe things please consider getting some assistance homeopath or otherwise and just as a reminder chronic grief emotional hurt and more uh, this is the homeopathic hit of the day on the Robert Bell Show. Please share. And there is a document that is downloadable for free in today's show notes. Thanks and courtesy to Super Don. And it's available as a PDF. Again, this may pique your interest to open up an actual boric materia medica and go deeper. But hopefully these things have been helpful to you to go, oh, that sounds an intriguing remedy. I think I'll try that out, even though it's not a fancy one. Table salt. Good Lord. Boring.
1: Sure I don't know. That? I guess, you know, yeah, when cool. you, when you put it that way, just don't call so it table it salt. Stuff. Just call it natrum muriaticum. Mm-hmm. That's just fun Ask to say.
0: nat mur, and you're going to put it on your whatever. But remember, if you're eating quote unquote table salt, I defer to those, you know, pink Himalayans, the, the real salt, the Celtics that are comprehensive in terms of they're not just sodium and chlorine or chloride. Uh, but again, that is a remedy and homeopathic can counteract maybe an overuse of Table salt, iodized or otherwise, uh, but that gets into iodum. Uh,
1: so, what what iodized. happens if you make the homeopathic remedy with actual table salt? Does it not work as good?
0: What do you mean you make it with? That's what. That's how you make it.
1: You well, start I'm just saying if you don't use like the uh, the Himalayan or the whatever, and you just grab some Walmart iodized table salt. Yeah,
0: you could make that into a homeopathic remedy. Yes,
1: and it would still work the same.
0: Well, I mean, if it's iodized, you're going to have another component much closer to iodum, if you will, as homeopathic iodine. But, yeah, I mean, typically if it's non-iodized table salt, that's the basic, N-A-C-L, converted
1: natin. So for homeopathy, it's not as big deal as it would be for consumption.
0: Correct, correct. That's right, yeah. All right, cool. Good question, good question. So what else we got going this hour? I feel like just throwing the the notes out, but I don't, because you worked hard on (laughs) it in the midst of so
1: many things today. Yeah, well, you know, we can do whatever we want to. All
0: right, hey, by by the way, our uh, Rumble watcher that asked that question about veganism,
1: uh was there any follow-up? Cetros. Cetros, that's right. Uh let's see here. Yeah, he's he's dude, you know. He, he's I okay? he's I think he's taken over the uh, Rumble channel. The Rumble channel it used to be Marge. Marge was the one that was always in in Rumble. Now Cetros is Of course, I believe Cetros is a subscriber on Rumble as well.
0: Okay, very nice. Thank you, Cetra. So Great he gets
1: that. yeah, he gets uh he gets uh the first he gets the front row seats. Yes, very good. Uh let's see here. Yeah, he's they're chatting back. He's chatting back. Actually, Stephen uh ended up over on there too. Oh, cool. Boy, he gets around, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> he does
1: indeed. It's very. Boy, there there isn't a chat room that he does not
0: uh, I'm thinking we need to tap into Stephen on by location or something cuz he's everywhere. And I'm, you know, having trouble being in one place sometimes. So uh very so
1: Cetros is our is our uh, resident vegan <laughs> vegan representative.
0: Yeah. Yes. So there is a, a headline here you found on CNBC uh it's a health and science section called it said Merck COVID drug linked to virus mutations that can spread between people according to a new study. Now again the controversy of what a virus is I, I don't mind talking about it I think of a virus as a toxic poison could be a an abhorrent protein, whatever. But the the fact of the matter is it's not something really you're thrilled about in these cases. So this new study uh, says uh, Merck's widely used antiviral COVID pill can cause mutations uh, that can spread. Um, But uh, I think it's Molnupiravir, I think sold under the brand name, Legevrio, produce more transmissible or severe variants. That's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, obviously we're not a, a show that promotes the use of these drugs ever, uh, but it's just a kind of a public service announcement. If anybody's on this or considering being on it, maybe you point them to this and go, oh, maybe they ought to think about other things that stop what you call viruses, whatever you perceive them to be, including bioactive silver hydrosol, including, uh, you know, other various immune modulators <sighs> that we have access to. This is an interesting thought here.
1: Um you know there 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 are competing theories about COVID, whether it's a virus or not. Right, it's not a virus. It's you know you have got people virus again. Right yeah yeah you know, it doesn't it just, So it, it, how do you how do you wrap your head around a story like this and a study like this? They did a study and they found out that people use this this Merck pill that it's causing yeah. mutations in the virus. So if there is no virus, mm-hmm. then what is it that they're they're seeing here in this study that's mutating or are yeah. they just
0: well, what if we perceive that they're toxic aberrant proteins for instance? And in this case they say we tested a protein sequence and it and it changed, all right? I mean maybe they've got something that they're trying to describe there. Is it really validated, though? I mean, I, unless I read the study itself, I don't know, you know, what their analysis parameters are, what they've utilized. If they're also relying on PCR to generate new variants or identify them, then, yeah, there are problems with the conclusions, much less the study itself. I acknowledge what you're saying or asking, Super D, and I, I don't have a definitive answer for this one because I didn't get a chance to go to the actual study.
1: But- so are you, are you implying then that the study is like – just like they, they're, they're like completely confused as to what it is that they're seeing or that they're looking at, that they're, that they're, that they're recording, that they're finding mutations and something, but it's just, it's not a virus, it's something else that they think is a virus or that acts like well, what they it's, think it's, a virus would act like, or right. how how would, how would you get these guys all in a room with all this equipment looking <laughs> at these things and stuff like that and have them all be wrong? about yeah. the fact that it's, it's a, it's a virus that that's what they're good. looking at is not what it is I that they went to school and learned about. And
0: it's a James Lyons, Weiler question.
1: Did
0: Dr. <laughs> Jack respond to you. I'm sorry. This is the way my brain works. No you know? A good question. But I, I mean, this is the kind yeah. of discussion I would like to have because if, yeah. if he analyzed this or we talked about it, we go, all right, here's what they're actually saying. But
1: here's and the and, thing with Jack though, is yeah. that he's going to tell you that the virus is real, that it does exist and, and that it's uh, it's, it's uh, what's it called? It's uh, thing has been,
0: it's been isolated.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. the genetic uh,
0: sequence, right? Sequence. Yeah. It? has been, yeah, no, we have great discussions on that. There's no problem with talking about it that yeah. way with him. And, and yet, um, you know, questions of causation and how things happen, methods of action. I mean, you say there's still a lot of controversial points that haven't been fully vetted, uh, but that's why I want to have more discussion
1: about uh, it, my mic. Apparently is too loud. Sorry. Is it okay? It's
0: still up too hot.
1: Huh? All right. I'm turning it down now.
0: Who gave you that uh, cue?
1: the vegan Avenger over thank on you the vegan Avenger for yes, thank you us. all right totally let me let me know if earlier. that's better let me know In if that's okay friend. he just anyway
0: heard over me because uh
1: yeah how else would he I do not <laughs> I do not I have like a spot that I usually put it at and yeah. I don't know some some days it's louder than others so I know it
0: changes that's what's weird so yeah. um let's talk pop culture and COVID uh okay. Jeopardy the the game show that's still yes. on Apparently it, it is. is, but it has a new
1: host now. It
0: does. Was it one of the guys that won like a zillion dollars on it? I can't is remember. Now the host? Who is
1: the host of Dude? Both?
0: Now you're now you're going crackly on your on your uh, microphone. Crackly. Yeah, you might have to disconnect and reconnect, Super D. Okay. Just okay. keep that uh, Jeopardy uh, uh, story up if you if you don't mind from Newsweek. It says uh, the fans well, if are I, accused. Got to reboot. I can't. Huh? If I
1: had to reboot. I
0: can't oh, you're right. you can't. Uh, all right, well, I'll just talk about it then I've got it in front of me. Um, y- y'all check this out. in the show notes, there's an article here. headlines Jeopardy fans accuse the show of promoting COVID vaccine propaganda." I'm like, duh, what do you think these shows are running on? They, I mean it's it's all advertising that supports it and who's at, who's supporting Jeopardy? Who's supporting these game shows? Who's supporting daytime television? It's primarily pharmaceutical industrial complex, you know, uh, corporations. So uh, let's see, Ken Jennings and Mayan Bialik apparently uh, are the hosts now, I'm reading this, and they say uh, the season kicked off, and while corporate sponsors for TV shows has long been commonplace, a faction of fans took to Twitter X to voice their objections to Moderna's COVID vaccine messaging being part of the new season but this is the price you pay for a quote unquote free TV, right? It ain't free. They're selling you stuff. They're programming you. So let's see Monday Canadian lawyer and YouTuber, David Freeheit shared a video, which showed a final jeopardy clue that read a 1953 article by this pair says the specific pairing we have postulated suggested a copying me- mechanism for the genetic material. And so apparently as each of the three contestants correctly responded that the clue was for American biologist James Watson and English physicist Francis Crick. Remember the DNA guys? Free uh, Art was heard complaining as the show concluded with the announcement that it was sponsored by Moderna. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the programming, the role, the the, the B-roll, the uh, the credits, you know, be careful. Coronavirus is still here. Get your shots, right? Uh, so for for you all here, I know many of you don't even watch TV anymore. Kudos to you for not. We kind of have to monitor things and talk about uh, these subjects from time to time on this show. Uh, but this is this is what has become the lifeblood of shows still on network television or the twenty four hour news networks, largely relying on what pharmaceutical advertising and sponsorship in order to be able to deliver their, I don't know if you wanna call it pablum or whatever. So it's not a surprise here. Now, of course, we don't take pharmaceutical money. Uh, I remember uh, talking about the AAPS online, the Association for American Physicians and Surgeons, and I've uh, gotten their newsletter or their, their journal for years. And when I got to their event one time, I thought I was talking to a Dr. Huntoon at the time, who was the editor, I said, how is it possible you guys are writing articles about the danger of vaccines and mercury and on and on it goes. And he said, very simple. We don't take any pharmaceutical money, none whatsoever. And suddenly now you have medical, medical and scientific people having the ability to have integrity in their scientific inquiry discussion and, and, and articles and how it's corrupted by the money coming in that makes the news cycle go round, so to speak. And even these game shows that are, you know, silly and fluffy and not all that important in the big scheme of things. But I recognize that some folks utilize these things for an escape. And who am I to say? I mean, like Super Don and I, we watch sports sometimes, right? My wife and I, you know, we watch sports sometimes. It's a little bit of an escape from all the seriousness of what goes on in life. And sometimes you'll see, of course, we all end up watching these things on delay so we can fast forward through any commercials. So I don't know what's going on there. If Big Pharma, yeah, Big Pharma is doing a lot of sports too, not just Jeopardy. So, anyway, big surprise, not here, not here. All right, looks like Super Don is back. Hopefully, everything's working well again. Uh, let's see, we got a $100 million plan to combat a deadly bacteria. Joe Biden announced on Wednesday a $100 million research drive to fight a deadly drug resistant bacteria. Which one is it this time, Joe? Now, let's see if we have an ability to deal with it without $100 million. Uh, Rise of antimicrobial resistance. Okay, this is nothing new here. Looking at it, looking at, are they naming one thing? They're talking about the agency, Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, ARPA, an offshoot of DARPA, it's ARPA-H, and let's see, antimicrobials, technology during, there's there's not a lot of information in this article that we have here, but suffice it to say, this is a Newsmax article, If you've been listening to or watching the Robert Scott Bell Show for years, we already know how to address the microbes, if you need to, that are overgrown and out of balance. Primarily, the silver ions. There's nothing more potent and immediate if you can deliver them to the area in need or point of foci where an explosion, a bacterial explosion out of balance is occurring to tamp it down. And as you've heard me say so many times, even in the peer-reviewed medical literature, when they assessed silver versus an antibiotic, uh, even though antibiotics still can kill bacteria, but very indiscriminately and very often not but once because the second time through it's resistance already. And then you have growth, abnormal overgrowth or dysbiosis, whereas silver can take it all down to a safer level with no negative impact on microbiome biodiversity, unlike the antibiotics that destroy biodiversity, and therefore you have actually a healthier home for the microbiome because it reduces inflammation of tissue. Now, we know that silver can do that, and it's not the only substance that can do it. There are very there are many antimicrobial substances out there. Uh, it just ha- so happens that this is the, the least expensive one, in many cases, delivered via water and can efficiently address all of these things, including, again, the multidrug-resistant strain. So why does not the Biden administration or any other administration say, Hey, here's hundred million dollars to m- to raise awareness that if everybody got on the silver hydrosol when needed, y- you wouldn't have this uh, overgrowth of multi-drug resistant strains of bacteria. Well, clearly because our government and our agencies have been captured by the pharmaceutical industry and all they want is more of your money. Keep sending it, Joe. And you guys keep paying the taxes that you don't lawfully owe because you have no liability. You can keep doing it. And you'll prop this system up that is used to poison you, imprison you, enslave you, indebt you, et cetera, while big pharma and their big gravy laughs all the way to their own banks. They're printing their own money with, uh, with your efforts to uh, you know, keep yourself afloat if you can in a, in a greatly diminishing uh, value system in terms of Federal Reserve notes. We talked about that just the other day. And the reason why we've got to diversify, we got to decentralize, and we got to open up the floodgates for competition in currency. Whatever you want to use, you get to use. Yeah, I'd rather deal with the difficulties of having too many choices than only one choice, and that one choice given to you by government. All right, SuperD, check your microphone. Let me make sure you're okay here now that you've rebooted. Everything okay? Hello? Yeah, that sounds so much better. Weird.
1: I don't know why it's been doing that.
0: Yeah, just yeah, it just started glitching out today, doing yep. funny things. Yeah. So any other questions or comments coming through the chat room today? I will take another sip of tea here.
1: Nope, I don't think so. Okay. It's Not on my end here.
0: Mm. Not on my end. Okay. We do have Jonathan E. Mord scheduled for tomorrow. It's a great show already. I know it. <laughs> yes. And then uh, I don't know what we're doing the second hour of uh Thursday's show, but uh We'll be there, and then Friday is a travel day as I head to Houston. So, uh, did Michael Bolden say he wants to pre-record, or we got to push him off to another Friday? The Tenth Amendment Center on Friday.
1: I will have to okay. get back to you on
0: that. All right, yeah. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, let's see what else. I feel like I'm covering things today,
1: even though we were just you are fairly time. fairly well. Yeah, Tomorrow, I- by the way, Jim Smith from Trinity. Oh, excellent! We got a Trinity uh, expert guest. Our two. Wonderful.
0: Leading up into the Trinity Health Freedom Expo and the Trinity Live event as well, did you have any uh, Jeopardy uh, uh, questions or anything? Because it, for me, there was nothing surprising about that uh, article, other than somebody said, "Oh my gosh, they're just propagandizing for Moderna." Well, duh.
1: That's how they're. All um, I look. I think the takeaway on this, uh, th- this isn't nothing. I don't think this is anything new. No. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, but I, I think it's a good sign because had uh this pandemic baloney mm-hmm. situation uh, not happened the last three years, Yeah, that probably would have never happened. Nobody would have cared. Nobody would be all like, oh, it's a Moderna uh, commercial, whatever, brought to you by, you know, but there are people out there now that are paying attention. They're very sensitive right?
0: to the messaging now. Yeah, they see it. So
1: I see oh, that as a positive uh, situation there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And on the infection front, remember, we have covered, and we'll cover more, homeopathic hits that address infection. I don't know. Have we done phosphorus and hepersulfur? sulfur? I think we have. I've at least mentioned them. The thing is,
1: once we do one. Heper sulfur we did, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe we haven't done phosphorus, but I mentioned it as, you know, the, the cool part of what you're doing, helping me do, Super D, is, uh, you know, the reference to other remedies so that there's always relationships being developed between the remedies. It isn't just only a hit. It's like, consider this if you have this. There's other things. So uh, it's kind of, I don't know if it's rabbit holing people too deep and dark, but I think it's really more enlightening and empowering to s- to show these connections, these relationships.
1: Right. So here's here I don't know. Here's my thought on the on the uh, the uh, bacteria thing. Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, I've looked at this on on a couple of different um, sources, and it doesn't say oh here's a specific bacteria that we're worried about. We've covered stories like that before. Uh, in this particular thing, this hundred million bucks is just for antimicrobial resistance basically it's it's like across the board right mm-hmm. so they're they're calling this an antimicrobial initiative uh, and this is going to be the largest investment to date apparently mm-hmm. on this problem so here's here's my question we already know and science already knows and we've t- we've t- we, this is one of the things we've talked about for years right mm-hmm. um Bacteria, antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Antibiotic kills bacteria, but bacteria is pretty smart. Mm -hmm. So bacteria outsmarts the antibiotic Mm -hmm. and makes the antibiotic not work anymore. So man gets stronger antibiotic and attacks bacteria, and bacteria says, ha-ha, I'm smarter than you, and beats that antibiotic. And so they eventually get to a point where they're like, we're out of antibiotics. We don't know what to do, right? You know they keep throwing s- stronger antibiotics at it, and it keeps doing the same thing, and so we've reached this point of antibiotic resistance now, where they're going, oh crap, you know we've got like these, these you know STDs that are incurable, mega super bugs and and stuff like that, and so they're going to take a hundred million dollars, and they're going to figure out how do we tackle this problem. Now up until now, it's always been the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. More antibiotics, right? <laughs> Again, doesn't work. Eventually, they're going to die, not work anymore, right? But that's the only thing they've had. So here's here's a question: Do you think they're going to try and use mRNA technology mm-hmm. to deal with this problem? Yeah, it's the new kid on the block, right? It's the answer right. to everything. everything. It's the new it's the new sliced bread, right? Yeah, and so. You want to make a prediction here that they're gonna. I I I think it's a reasonable thing. I mean, unless, because I'm not a scientist, I don't know if mRNA can work against bacteria, but they're using it for everything else.
0: Well, everything becomes that new defined, newly defined vaccine based on mRNA technology. You know, altering gene expression.
1: Right. Right. They're using it against. They're trying to do it with cancer. Right. Yeah. Um, Anywhere and everywhere to to profit.
0: And then of course, the, the stage has been set for no liability, as we've seen. Everything's an emergency. They declare, hey, the antibiotic resistant emergency. So we got emergency use authorizations, mRNA-based uh, drugs to counter the, the bugs that are resistant to the drugs. But we already have, as I said, so many things, including, you know, I mentioned phosphorus and hyper sulfur. And also if we get into eventually more discussion of nozodes and, and alerting the immune system safely to the presence of certain things that are overgrown or out of balance, but ultimately, it's about restoring balance to the to the uh, to the body and the very vital force that needs to flow through it to give it life. And that doesn't involve more toxic, potent chemo, which is an antibiotic. It's a form of chemo. And yet the entirety of uh, the Biden administration probably, look, when Trump was president, he was all in on big pharma too. So it doesn't matter what party or president. It's very rare to find anybody, you know, like uh, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey or others that actually are open to uh, eating right, you know. Uh, props to Bobby Kennedy for talking about these things as well. He recognizes that terrain uh, concept uh, in terms of restoration of health. Now, is it going to be enough to, to uncapture ourselves or our government become uncaptured by those industries? Well, as long as we uh, put up with the centralization and the, and the ownership and control of all life through, through our centralized government and those that, that end up capturing it, then we're gonna have to deal with this. Now, um, you know, yes, putting good people in is one thing, but ultimately standing up for your own bodily autonomy is critical for anything else to benefit us. And so, how about stopping with the antibiotics? Unless you're in in the most extreme of circumstances. Just like Dr. Gerda said, uh, Gerda said in hour one. It's the last resort, like we've been saying. Why not put that as the appropriate place? And if you need it, like I described uh, my scenario, as uh, Super Don brought up, I don't know, it was last week, we were talking about that, you know, the ear thing that I had from the, the damage to uh, the deep dive stuff I was doing off the ocean, in the ocean. And it created a problem with uh, chronic inflammation and infections that were recurrent. And I already had a history of those things when I was a kid. And I managed it fairly well with all the things I know to do. And I was out at that event, medical event in Vegas one time, and. Um, it blew up big time and I didn't have all the accessible remedies for me to navigate it. And so I had to resort to an antibiotic and I said it and you know, there's an appropriateness to that when nothing else is available or nothing else has worked, but we have it backwards by and large. And if we relied on antibiotics as a last resort, there would be no need for a hundred million dollar investment, which is usually a gift to who, because let's just say a dietary supplement or homeopathic manufacturer uh, wants to get a grant out of that $100 million, say, hey, we want to study this. Or we want to validate studies that have already been validated and duplicate them on silver, and it's addressing multidrug-resistant strains. It's like, would they even approve them? Because it's not a drug, because it's not a patented drug. We know the system is rigged against that, and likely even if you succeeded, you wouldn't be able to put it on the market as a natural antibiotic, as we know they stopped that back in the late 90s when it used to be considered an OTC uh, drug, if you will, silver in this case. All right, let's see what else we got as we're wrapping up the show today. Um, blue light from smartphones and tablets is triggering triggering early puberty. Whoops
1: Man there was another that vaccine. would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah, right we've cu- we've yeah. talked before about how kids are getting reaching puberty much sooner yeah, much sooner. During, and what have all what do what do they all have in their hands?
0: Yeah Turkish researchers have discovered that blue light exposure kind admitted by digital devices appears to have a connection to the onset of early puberty. Now, this doesn't, in my opinion, ignore, or it shouldn't all of the xenoestrogens that have been happening, you know, now for decades and even antibiotics destroying the normal habitat of the microbiome, also altering, you know, maturation processes from childhood to adulthood. But they're, they're now looking at, again, another reason why kids should not be unlimited on these devices. So I'm gonna say not at all, arguably. But this is why again I'm wearing my blue blocker glasses. My eyes are so much happier when I put. Well, these
1: I mean that's important because you don't want to hit puberty too early.
0: I don't want to hit puberty too early. No. That is true, super Don. Be very annoying to my wife, of course. <laughs> 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 to, to investigate, the scientists from Ankara BilKent City Hospital and Gazi University in Turkey observed 18 male rats, all 21 days old. They were split into three groups, and each group was exposed to varying durations of this blue light. Normal light cycle, six hours, or a whopping 12 hours. Researchers found that male rats exposed to blue light started puberty, notably earlier.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Do they have... um,
1: The more uh, blue light researchers subjected the animals to, the sooner puberty began. These rats Mm -hmm. also displayed hindered sperm development and showed signs of testicular tissue damage. Right. Um. It's definitely something to mm-hmm. look at. Um, I mean, I know it's a lot of people would criticize. Oh, well, that's rats. Yeah. Well,
0: sometimes there's cross <laughs> reference ability. and I think you're talking right. about you know by living systems and their impact, and that you know in terms of energy input. And how
1: much you know, blue light are we talking about? You know, this is one of those yeah. things that when you read enough studies, suddenly you start noticing that there are patterns. Uh, on on bad studies. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad study, but, I mean, let's think about it here. If you take a kid, like, look at these guys right here, right? Yeah. They're they're, they're checking out their phone. Mm-hmm. Now, you look at the size of the kid, and you look at the size of the phone and the amount of blue light that that kid's going to be exposed to from that phone. Now, when they did the rats, did they have little tiny smartphones right. that they put in their paws or did Yeah. Or did they just completely radiate them with, you know, uh, you know, a hundred thousand times. The
0: equivalent of of a rat (laughs) would be a phone that's like 10 times their size.
1: That's right. Yeah. Be like the size of the wall in the room or something. So So
0: we don't know, again, the cross-referencing of that, but it is a good thing to consider that it may not be the contributing factor because as I've talked about for years, the plasticizers, the xenoestrogens, the, de- the various things. I mean, even the receipt paper it, that's like heat heat sensitive on one side. It's just loaded with the BPA still, and so all of these things are impacting endocrine not only function, but you know the the substances that you're exposed to are counteracting some of the things your body's trying to do. Uh, so this this sort of relates to one of the big controversies that I, I don't know who to talk to about this because there's you know the the idea that they could turn on. Uh, certain signals from these fifth-generation cell phone towers. Yes. I don't think it's indisputable that they could. It's not that the technology doesn't exist. It's not that you can't read the patents. And, you know, we even covered stories about, you know, the the large trunk lines of of electricity potentially going into these things is far larger than they actually ever use by a factor of 100 or 1,000-fold. 1, it's like, why would you create a scenario like that if you don't need that much unless you plan to use that much? So I can't dismiss outright because oh, it's it's too far out, you know, I and mean, we don't use the term conspiracy theory to discredit people. But of course, that concept of even for those of us that uh, in, engage in discussions about the things that can't be talked about, um, I don't know what's going to happen or if indeed, you know that that date that we've discussed that, that people are talking about, October 4th is going to be a real trigger death event. I don't know. I'm not so, you know, but to say that it's not possible, I can't say that either. Super Don would say, "Well, is it plausible?" I don't even know how to determine that at this point. Super D, could they do well, it? it? Feasible technologically? Yes.
1: Here's the problem that I've got with the, well, I've, and numerous. And I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to turn this wow. into a let's debunk somebody yeah. type thing. But there has you to be some. There, the the, uh, the, you know, because I could. Yeah. But I, I don't want to be that guy. So, um. Here's here's the problem though, that I've got with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so normally, when people b- bring up these things, first off, th- this this whole thing came from this attorney named Todd Calendar. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know what this guy's backstory is and why he's the guy that has all the info on this and and is predicting you know what's going to happen and on days and times and all that stuff. I guess it, it it's because they're going to be doing this emergency broadcast thing on mm-hmm. October fourth at two twenty p.m. Yeah. Uh, Eastern time, uh, that people have connected the dots on that, sure, and said, "Okay, well, this is the one. This is it." Uh, although I think this guy did say it would be October. So, mm-hmm. see, see, and here's the problem: is that usually when people come out with with these types of predictions, it's like mm-hmm. a year from now or five yeah. years from now or something no, like that. In
0: a, a couple, not a week next right.
1: week. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, you know, this the the, you know, your phone goes beep and you know, uh, and nothing happens. I mean, if people don't suddenly turn into zombies and their eyeballs bleed, mm-hmm. then it's going to be like, you know, I, I, what, what happened? Why, why didn't, why didn't, you know, millions and millions of people fall over dead?
0: Well, and now you, you get to the, the varying deep layers of, well, we can start now creating new threads here to go, well, they meant to do that, and then not exactly. But at the same yeah. time, if you guys want to turn off your phones on that day, Well, yeah,
1: I mean, whatever. I mean, you I know, for a little while, I'm gonna, I'm gonna record it. You are. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk around outside. I'm gonna go to the mall, and Don't I'm just go gonna, to I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm totally. You wanna I'm just, people turn into I want to see it happen. I want to see uh, it happen. Yeah. Weird. Uh, it's, okay. uh, from a journalistic standpoint of course sure, of course yeah yeah so you're not, so, a, you're not uh, an ambulance chaser <laughs> so you know whatever um i you know it's one of those things where we get to see we get to see what happens you know uh very soon so and i'm curious i mean are how many people uh are really genuinely worried about this do you i mean are you are you like genuinely concerned that that um that this is this is it I mean dude how many people got the vaccine mm-hmm. I, I I mean I don't have that number in front of me but I mean it's millions and millions of people right. got the vaccine so you know in theory here if this is true and most of those people are going to have their phone sitting in their pocket or whatever mm-hmm.
0: um, the activating signal in real I mean
1: we're, we're taught I mean this is like an a, a extinction level event here I mean right. for half the population and then not just here, but apparently this is supposed to be like a global thing.
0: Yeah. Well, we're still planning to be around. Not, <laughs> well, if You want to watch the show that. Yeah. Day. yeah. Um, we're still planning to do our thing. Um, there are things that are beyond our control, but, th- it, you know, it doesn't preclude you taking precautions. Not going to argue against that if you're really
1: concerned. Hey, it's a free country. If you want to you d- do it, then do it. Um,
0: take extra selenium. Take extra folium. foliumpx.com counteract you know various ionizing and non-ionizing radiational signals and uh, bring those heavy metals out and yes
1: which homeopathic remedies should they be taking
0: on that day um, that's a good question you know a lot of people have been talking about graphene oxide you can mm. convert that into homeopathic how about graphites we just did graphites right you know that addresses some of the that um, we, we remember we talked about uh, sending uh, an, an email to you that says jab reverse. Because we talk about converting the homeopathics or converting some of these uh, shot ingredients into homeopathic form to see if that could help as well, uh, but anything that addresses burning you know apis uh, you often think about stinging these kinds of things, um, selenium increasing selenium again, these are the things that counteract a lot of this and could maybe minimize something like that occurring otherwise i I don't know line your 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 home in silver foil. <laughs> Not your head, I don't know. Maybe okay. Get put your head put your head in the uh, silverite pillow, cover it and protect yourself. Uh, anyway, what do you guys think? I mean, it's, uh, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody who believes this is the end of the. I mean, there are always these these prophecies and and they they pay up play up. Uh, from
1: time I just want to wanna know how is it this guy this this yeah. attorney?
0: Yeah, well, I
1: don't. Uh, know. Is yeah. the guy that 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 has the lowdown on on the whole deal there? I don't know that much about him, but. Uh, I, 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 whatever. I have all kinds of questions, but yeah. Anyway. So I don't know. We should have like a special party or something on that day or the day before or something. Right. We'll party like it's 1999 or something. There you go. Uh,
0: bring it out and enjoy
1: life while you can. Well, still enjoy life while you
0: can, while you have it. Uh, It's not all doom and gloom. Even though we cover some serious topics, you got to find the humor and absurdity and all of life itself. And then, um, then you meet your maker if you haven't already. And you know, for some of you, you think you might come back, for some of you, you think you just stay somewhere else. And we all have the ability to, to laugh about it, hopefully, and uh, you know, talk about those belief systems. But I think that uh, as we wrap up today's show, I'm thinking about tomorrow, uh, we'll be talking with Jonathan E. Ward about freedom of speech as always. Uh, but what does that also mean, freedom of religion? And um, there's a lot of religious bigotry out there among the people of faith, interestingly enough. And, it, and although it doesn't yeah. necessarily the same weight as government uh, um, uh, discriminating against your religious beliefs, it's still it's something I wish the more people of faith would go, you know what, uh, you might believe differently than me, but I'm not gonna condemn you for that. Um, you know, we're not into that. And, and most of you all that hang out with me and Super D are, are you know more loving in that realm too. And I appreciate that so very much. So let's take a quick pause. We'll do a, a bit of a bonus round on what I don't know at this moment. Maybe some announcements I forgot to tell you something about. But, Our
1: uh, bonus round is dependent on you guys. Yeah, so
0: bring it up or
1: you got stuff to, to say. We want to see it. Yeah, we got it. We got
0: it going on. Thank you for being here. Thank you to Congressman Massey. Thank you to Liz Reisig. Thank you to uh, Michael Geta. And what a great show today. Thank you all for being here and sharing it. And we'll be back after this because the power to heal is yours. All right, bonus round commences now. Uh, just took some more uh, full spectrum hemp extract CBD certified organic from nutritional frontiers cbdnf.com. In addition to my wife making me tension tamer tea, because <laughs> she's like looking at me going, ah, it's too much. So uh, I'm gonna chill out. I'm looking forward to a, a mountain bike ride later and and not lightning storms and mud. You know, just have an enjoyable ride It'd be out there in the natural world. while, while it's not midwinter and snowy. So well, that'll help, too. There's a lot to do after the show here. We might do a, an abbreviated version of the uh, bonus round unless there's somebody bringing something critical we want to talk about here just because there's so much to do.
1: Yeah, you got an e-book to work on, don't you?
0: Yes, I do. Goodness gracious. All right, checking out the chat room. Not that I can load it up now for some reason. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Steve is active in our chat room. That grocery stores be like nineteen ninety five for a little thumbnail of uh, of uh,
1: ground beef. <laughs> uh, Where that's going, yeah. That's why they want you to eat bugs. They're cheaper. Cetro Spotlight is asking if we can get Dane Wigginton on. We've had him on. We have. It's him. been a, it's yeah. been a while, but we yeah. had him on what, like guy. maybe a year ago.
0: Yeah, a year within a year or two at the most. But yeah, yeah. We, we no objection to that. Dane's a good guy.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Yeah
0: look at one of those things popped up a year ago did i do a seminar a year ago in orlando i guess so wow can't remember all the places i've been and how long or short ago it was we got houston coming up this weekend uh we got uh the health freedom expo coming up before i know it just coming up so fast
1: yes All right, so we got some nice pictures from Bal- Baldy Jules Wilson. Baldy yeah. Jules. Why Baldy? I don't know. Where's the Baldy coming from? Got a Big thanks there from but I can't Actually, I can't show these. It won't do it on the screen. If wow. it's like the pictures. Oh, wait a minute. This one will with the little ones there. The praying hands, the two finger. The the peace sign and a couple of hearts. And two hearts, yes. All right. Some people love their emojis. Mm -hmm. You ever get those messages like on uh, Facebook Messenger from people and they're sending you like a link to a video and the first like five or six lines of the message are all emojis? Mm Mm-hmm. Fire and exclamation points and praying hands and hearts, and you know, it's just like emojis, uh, you know, everywhere. I never, I never open those. I just, uh, I see those. I'm just like, uh, kill them. whatever. Yeah. O- over emojied. Try not to overdo it, but
0: yeah,
3: yes.
1: I, I'm guilty of using them sometimes. A few, a few's good. A few's good. Yeah. Not, not three pages of it before you get to the link. Right. Uh, let's see here.
0: Y'all contact your Congress critters. If you heard first hour with Congressman Massey on a couple of amendments
1: and uh, go back and listen to the first hour. If you missed it, do you see why you might want to do that? Here's a question. It was really more for you than it is for me from Cetros. I love this. I love this. We're we're switching gears from vegans and climate change to uh, Cetros would like to know just, he says just for the hell of it. Are you guys excited for playoff baseball? I'm assuming you are.
0: I am because, yeah, uh, my wife and I. are – I don't
1: care. I'm not. A, I'm not a football, a baseball guy.
0: Yeah, we like the Atlanta Braves. I, I enjoy the the camaraderie of that team and the young players that genuinely enjoy what they're doing. This this uh, Ronald Acuna is setting records. He's fun to watch, and uh, so for us, yeah, we enjoy that. Uh,
1: but, and your uh, wife is like really into into baseball, right?
0: Yeah, as I described, yeah, what happened to her over the COVID crazy years. Was that there was so much injustice that she witnessed? Because she knows as much as we know here about all that we were reporting on. That uh, so much that was going wrong and awry. That it's like she found solace in games or sports. Right? Like you have four corners, so to speak, and there's, here's the rules, and they apply equally to everybody. And it was like, oh, that's just a relief, right? To enjoy a time in a place that's not that controversial. Now, obviously, in football, they went woke on some things and even in baseball too, but to some degree you put those little things aside and go, look, just enjoy the game, the athleticism, the excellence, the excitement, and and that was a respite from this world seems to be spiraling out of control, and there's mm-hmm. no in effect. Nobody's paying for the –
1: Escapism, the it's good. I mean, yeah. it's it's something you need to do from time to time. Apparently, Cetros is a Twins fan. That's Minnesota, oh, right?
0: Minnesota. Are they, the, they going to make the playoffs this year, Cetros? Uh, yeah. I haven't been watching the American League as much.
1: Yeah. I don't have a dog in the fight just because it's just I went to a. I went to a few uh baseball games mm-hmm. uh over the years. Uh I grew up in the Bay Area, so I, I had both the A's and the Giants. Yeah. Um as options. I ended up going to more A's games than Giants games. And this was uh this was back in the day when they called it Billy Ball.
0: Billy Ball, right.
1: Right. It was uh Billy what's his name? I can't remember his last name now. He was the the coach, the manager Billy Martin. Billy Martin. That's what yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. He was quite. Dave a Henderson. Dave Henderson played for the A's. He was big. Yeah. Uh, uh, Martin, of course, was with the Yankees. Jose Canseco. Yeah. Um, and then I went to some Angels games, mm-hmm. which was which was kind of nice when I was in Southern California. Yeah, Anaheim then. Yeah, but I just, eh, I was just never able to get into it. Yeah. Now basketball, I love basketball. NBA. And NFL, I love my NFL. <laughs> right. I live for, the, for, for football season. So,
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I've been less interested in that over the years. But, um, again, I, we don't knock you if you have an escapist entertainment uh, part of your life. I think it's an important part of balancing, however it is. And, and some people will do different things, right? For me, today, it's going to be going out on, on a mountain bike ride. And I'm so grateful for the ability to do that. Uh, and, but I gotta, I gotta do stuff before I gotta do that. So maybe we should cut this uh, okay. bonus round short today, unless there's any critical.
1: Questions. All right. We got yelled at yesterday by a uh, cause it was a 10 minute bonus round. And now we're going to do a six minute. <laughs> I
0: mean, I'm sorry. Normally we do go a lot. longer. But I just, there's so much happening. Uh, I've got, yeah, go.
1: no, you, you would not, you, if you knew the kind of day that Roberts had today and, and for some reason I had the same kind of day. Yeah. Um, I think we're both ready to kind of just, take a break as soon as we're able to so
0: well the thing is the break we're taking is work more work
1: pretty much yeah <laughs> I i'm i got I, i'm going to take a few minutes but mm-hmm. uh i'll okay. be back out here very soon I
0: did, right before we got on the show i went out for like two t- literally two minutes ate a blackberry from my uh my by uh vines there and then came in just to have that and that was before i started but i got to go out and get some more raspberries maybe and then then come back in
1: and uh uh oh, Cetros is blowing raspberries at us right now.
0: Okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? I don't you know, know what that is? I don't know what that
0: means. Oh, that. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Cetros. We'll uh we'll hang out hopefully a little longer tomorrow.
1: And uh... all right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us and being a part of what we're doing here and appreciate your participation. You can always uh you can always drop us a, a line at robertscottbell.com. Uh You can email me at askrsb at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. Haven't gotten one of those in a long time. Mm-hmm. 866-939-2355. That's 866-939-BELL. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So back tomorrow, Jonathan E. Moore at Hour 1, Trinity School of Natural Health, and Hour 2, and That's News cool. of the Day, and your comments and questions. All right. Thanks for being here, y'all.